Welcome to the Verse by Verse podcast, a ministry of the Friendship Congregational Bible Church. I'm Richard Church, the teacher on Verse by Verse, and I'm glad you've joined with us today as we study together God's infallible word, verse by verse. Turn in your Bible to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. We saw last time how the, the, uh, the book of Acts really begins in the same place that, that the Gospels leave off, and that is uh, the book of Acts begins just before the ascension of Christ. Uh, Luke, of course, describes how Christ had shown himself alive after his, after his uh, resurrection, by, he says, by many infallible proofs, I had been with them for 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And uh, we saw how, how the disciples asked the, the Lord there if he would restore the kingdom to Israel at that time. And he said that it wasn't, it wasn't given or it wasn't for them to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And we're going to pick up today with verse 8. Uh, verse 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And the... Really what you have here in these first few verses of the book of Acts is you have Luke's account here of what, what people often refer to in, in Matthew as the Great Commission, all right? And, you know, you don't, you don't get a full view of that commissioning of these disciples unless you look at all of the accounts of it. You know, like with the four Gospels, uh, in those Gospels, there are often times where, you know, one gospel will include certain details, another will include others, and you only get the full picture if you, if you put them all together. And the same thing is true with this commissioning of, of the twelve here. Uh, that, that, you know, that term, usually if somebody refers to the Great Commission, they're talking about Matthew chapter 28. But we'll look at how, how these passages um, work together today. Now, first of all, though, before we before we go there to, to Matthew 28, um, I want you to go to, back to Matthew chapter 10. All right, Matthew chapter 10 is really where you you first have the Lord Jesus Christ commissioning these disciples to go out and preach, and this is. You know, this would be somewhere, you know, somewhere in the middle of his earthly ministry that he commissions them to to go out and preach. Uh, you can see it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. It says, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles or into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And you know that Christ said of himself in his earthly ministry 
that he was not sent but under the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's an important thing to keep in mind with regard to the the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry is that he was coming primarily to Israel. The, The few Gentiles that he dealt with in that earthly ministry were all Gentiles who had in some way blessed Israel. And remember that under the the uh, uh, covenant that God had with Abraham, it was those who blessed Abraham's seed that were going to receive blessing from God. And so the Gentiles that, that came to Christ had to either have blessed Israel or some way in some way or recognize their place as Gentiles being beneath Israel. Israel, if you think about the Canaanite woman and the Samaritan woman and, and you know some of these other Gentiles that Christ dealt with, you'll find that that was always the case. And Christ was not sent primarily to them. Now, he didn't deny them when they came to him, but he was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so as he delegates then that, that same mission that he had received of the Father, as he delegates that to the Twelve, here in Matthew 10, he, he commissions them to go not to the Gentiles, not even to the Samaritans, which would have been Jews that had intermarried with Gentiles, but he says, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Um, he, he tells them, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They were preaching, that was the same good news that Christ had been preaching up to this point. He commissions them to go out and preach that same me- message. He commissions them with the same kind of power that he had. He tells them to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. And, and he gives them here various instructions uh, about their about how to conduct that ministry um, you see he he we don't need to read down through the whole thing but he talks about how they're going to they're going to go into a city they should you know when they go into a city they should find somebody who would let them stay with them and if there's nobody that'll do that then they're supposed to just leave that city go on to the next if they're not received there they're not supposed to make a lot of provision, you know, make their own provision for this ministry. They're supposed to go into these towns and, and live off the, the uh, benevolence of the people there who are willing to receive that message. He warns them about the, the persecution that may face them. Um, if you, if you uh, come down to come down to verse verse. Uh, 19, he's warning them here about, about this, this persecution that will come as a result of, of them going out and preaching. It says, when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. By the way, uh, go, go up to verse 18. It says, ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Uh, when you when you consider this in light of you know the 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 order of things in Scripture, you see that even this commission here in Matthew 10 is something that was going to extend beyond the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you don't you don't really have these these disciples 
you know, when they, he sends them out here and they go out for a little while and then they come back to him. And in that period of time, when he sends them out here, you don't have them being brought before kings and governors and, and those things. That was something that was primarily going to come later on. And we'll see something else here to indicate that, that uh, this commission was going to extend beyond Christ's earthly ministry as well. Uh, but so, so he tells them they're going to be brought before governors and kings. Notice they're going to be a testimony against them, against the governors and kings and the Gentiles, a testimony against the Gentiles. How, how different wording do you see when you get to Paul's epistles and he says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. You see, here the testimony was to be not for the Gentiles, but against the Gentiles, right? And, and he tells them that when they're delivered up, they're not supposed to, to uh, take thought for what they're going to speak, but it will be given to them in that hour what ye shall speak. He says, for it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father, which speaketh in you. Now, when we're in these early verses in the, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit has not yet come upon them in the way that the Spirit will on the day of Pentecost. Uh, it seems that, you know, certainly there would have been a working of the Spirit here, uh, even at this time where they're, when they're doing these miracles and things. But the Spirit was not poured out in the way that it would be later on the day of Pentecost. Uh, but, but, you know, here he tells them the Spirit that is, uh, is in them is going to speak. He says, brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. And notice verse 23. It says, but when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel Till the Son of Man be come. Now, so he tells them only to go to Israel, and here he tells them, you, you know, if a city doesn't receive you, go to the next one. And he says, you're not going to get through all of the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Now, what's he, what's he referring to there? I mean, if you keep reading on, you see that they go out and they preach. And he doesn't then come to them. They they come back to him. Uh, The the case can be made here that when he says, till the Son of Man be come, that he is speaking of his second coming. All right, that's that's the the coming of the Son of Man that's referred to in Scripture. And, And the indication would be, if that's the case, the indication would be here, that they were not going to complete even that ministry in Israel until the, the Son of Man become. Now realize that all of this is written, all this is given at a time when the mystery and this dispensation of grace in which we live is yet hidden. Nothing had been revealed about the dispensation of the grace of God. And, uh, you know, here you see that, that focus on Israel. Now this commission that Christ gives them before his ascension is in many ways an extension of this commission that he gives them here. Now, there are some differences because whereas here he told them, don't go into any, any uh, city of the Gentiles, don't go into the, the way of the Gentiles or the, or the way of the Samaritans, 
you see there in, in Acts 1.8 that he tells them, go, go back over to Acts 1.8, just to, to look at it. You see that the whole world is the scope there. Uh, it talks about the uttermost part of the earth, but realize there's an order there in Acts 1.8. Right? So, so it says, Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. And you see where that, where that ministry was going to begin. It's Jerusalem, then Judea, which would be the, the area around Jerusalem, Samaria, which would be Again, these people that were uh, descended from, from Jews that had intermarried with the Gentiles. They had some understanding of, of the law and the word of God, although they had corrupted some of those things. But they were certainly much, you know, much closer than what the, gen, you know, the, the heathen Gentiles were. And then finally, he says, to the uttermost part of the earth. Now, some, I've, I've heard, I've heard, you know, preachers that'll take this passage, and, and the way they apply it is they'll say, uh, you know, Jeru- he mentions Jerusalem first, and, and that the way you should apply that to yourself is that you need to go first to your hometown, and then, then to, you know, the, the area around your hometown, and that, you know, and then, and, and apply it in that way. The problem with that kind of thing is, first of all, Jerusalem was none, it wasn't the hometown of the disciples anyway. All right. The reason he tells them to stay at Jerusalem is not because it was their hometown. Their hometowns were up in Galilee. Uh, Jerusalem, though, is that, that capital of Israel. It's where the, the temple was. It's where, if you're proclaiming that the kingdom is at hand, wouldn't you begin in the place where the king's going to rule from? Right. So, so he tells them to begin there at Jerusalem, and, and it's a progression in this, in this passage. That it would be Jerusalem first, then Judea, then Samaria, then the uttermost part of the earth. And so, so you know, as far as getting out there to the Gentiles, that wasn't going to take place until that ministry had had its you know, full course in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. All right? Um, that's why, as, as we go through the book of Acts, you'll see we'll get a, a good way into the book of Acts, and it's going to, to talk about how none of the apostles have left Jerusalem yet. Now, Christ tells them here, uh, we saw last time he told them to wait at Jerusalem until the, the uh, Holy Spirit would come, right? He told them to, to wait there for that. But even after that, they remained there at Jerusalem because they never, they never completed the ministry even there at Jerusalem, much, much less out into Judea and Samaria before you have the beginning of the dispensation of grace and you have the, the focus shifting to the Gentiles. And, and even when you get you know, very far into the book of Acts, you see some of, not the apostles themselves, but some of these believers on Christ that, that were at Jerusalem, they heard the word at Jerusalem and eventually left there. They went out to other places, but it said they spoke the word unto none but the Jews only. Now, they were, they were acting in accordance with this, this program, really, that, that begins with Israel. 
Uh, let's, let's go look at some of the other accounts. You know, Luke here in Acts just gives a, a very brief account of this, this commission, which again is not really a, a brand new commission at the ascension of Christ, but is rather an extension of the, the uh, commission that he gave them all the way back there in, in Matthew chapter 10. Go, go to Matthew 28. Now again, most people, when they would think of what, what people call the Great Commission, understand that's not, a, that's not a biblical term, but that's a term that's been applied to this passage. When most people would think of the Great Commission, they would think of this passage. Now, the reason that people use the Matthew passage and not some of the others that we're going to look at is it contains the least controversial things, all right? And, and you can read the, the account here in Matthew and, and maybe somehow make that, you know, what, what we ought to be doing today. Realize that in most churches, uh, they, would, they would think the job of the church is to fulfill this great commission. All right? Now, so Matthew 28, you see in verse 18, this, this would be the, the same, this is the same time and place here that Luke is recording in Acts. Now, I'm sure Christ told them many things right there before his ascension, and the different gospel writers record some of the different things that he told them. But here in, in Matthew 28, uh, verse 18, it says, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, Again, most, most churches would put this as their commission that, that they believe that they are to carry out, uh, you know, to go and to teach all nations, right? Now, now, again, remember with these passages, if you want to get the full picture, you can't, just, you can't just isolate one of the passages and say, I'm going to follow that one. If you believe you're going to follow this commission, you've got you to gotta follow all of them, Right? And that all nations there, when you compare that with what we just saw in Acts 1.8, yes, this commission eventually would include all nations, but you see, there was going to be a period of time before they got to all nations. It was going to be Jude, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. And, and again, if you compare that back with, with uh, Matthew chapter 10, it appears there in Matthew chapter 10 that they weren't going to get done with Israel until the Son of Man become, right? So really the Gentile part of that ministry wouldn't, wouldn't really come into full effect until after the, the second coming of Christ. Do you see why Peter maybe was so confused when, when he gets this vision in Acts 10 telling him to go to the Gentiles? It, it wasn't that he didn't know that they were going to go to the Gentiles eventually. It was that it didn't seem like it was time yet. It, things hadn't, hadn't played out in the way that, that uh, some of these passages would indicate. So when this passage talks about all, all nations, realize you've got to understand that there was going to be some time before they actually got to all nations. 
Uh, of course, this passage is used by the, by the Baptist churches because it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. All right, and so so you see that that baptism ministry uh, early in the book of Acts and and through the book of Acts. Of course, the Apostle Paul, an interesting thing, by the way, and uh, and if you know if you need a an indication that this commission does not apply to to the body of Christ today, you know, compare this with First Corinthians chapter one. All right. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Now, I'm breaking a little bit into the, into the context here. But 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17, Paul says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Now, there... Uh, Paul says that Christ sent him not to baptize. Now, people will say, well, you know, they'll say he's dealing here in this passage with issues of division. And one of the things people were dividing over was who had baptized them. And so Paul is, is minimizing that importance of baptism and, and focusing on the, the uh, unity that there ought to be in Christ. And, and all of that is true about that passage. But realize First of all, one thing, realize that when Paul says, for Christ sent me not to baptize, uh, that word sent there is, you know, the, the, word, the word apostle in your Bible is really not an English word. It, it's a Greek word that was brought over into English, all right? And, and the Greek word is uh, apostello. Uh, the, the Greek word has that idea of sending. When somebody, when the Bible uses the word apostle, it means a sent one. And it would mean somebody who is commissioned, right? So, so somebody sent out with some, some commission to go and do something. Could Peter, based on what we see there in Matthew 28, could Peter or, or James or John or any of them, could they make the statement that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians one seventeen. Could they say that Christ did not send them, that Christ did not commission them to baptize? They couldn't make that statement. Clearly, in Matthew 28, he did send them to baptize. He specifically sends them to baptize. And yet the Apostle Paul can say, Christ didn't make me an apostle. He didn't, he didn't send me. He didn't commission me to baptize. All right, so, so whatever, you know, however you want to view the place of, of water baptism in Paul's ministry, you see he, he makes a statement there that Peter of the Twelve could not make. Peter and the Twelve clearly were sent to baptize. And, and you see them carrying out that ministry. Now you see Paul baptizing also in the book of Acts. Uh, the indication seems to be that there came a point where he stopped doing that. But, but you see his statement there in 1 Corinthians 1.17 that that was never a part of what he was commissioned to do anyway. It was a part of what Peter and the Twelve were commissioned to do. Uh, if, you, if you go back to Matthew 28, I, I don't know if I told you to keep a finger there, but hopefully you did. Um, so he tells them to go teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, 
Um, you, you know that water baptism is really one of the most contentious issues among different denominations. And some denominations, if you weren't baptized the way their denomination baptizes, then they won't accept it. You've got to be water baptized again by them in their way. And people argue about things like, you see here it says, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And so, so some people, when they baptize, you know, they, they say that, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, in other passages in the book of Acts, it talks about being baptized in the name of Jesus. All right, and so some churches baptize just in the name of Jesus, and then they argue with each other about, about which it is. Uh, you might notice, by the way, it doesn't say there baptizing them in the names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, as if they have these three separate names. It says in the one name. The, the issue is they're being baptized. When you do something in the name of someone, you're doing it with, with authority. This is, he's not giving them a formula here to pronounce as they baptize somebody in the water. He's giving them authority to, to baptize with, with authority from God himself, from God the Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, from the Holy Ghost. When they're baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they're baptizing in the name of God himself with authority from God himself. All right? But uh, um, I don't want to spend, spend the whole time here talking about water baptism, but you see that, that place in that ministry. Verse 20, it says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, Verse 20 even, you realize that there are some things that the Lord Jesus Christ commanded in his earthly ministry that would not be applicable in the dispensation of grace. For instance, when, when he uh, heals a leper and, and he tells him to go, I, I believe it's a leper that he heals, uh, he, tells him, he tells him to go and he'd show himself to the priest and he shows, tells him to offer the gift that Moses commanded. Now, that gift was an animal sacrifice. It was when you were, when you were cleansed from leprosy, there was a, you know, there was a, a uh, process that you went through involving the priest and part of that was animal sacrifices and Christ commands that man to go and offer animal sacrifices. Uh, that was one of the things that Christ taught, all right? And, and you know, realize that these disciples here, uh, at, whether you're at the end of the book of Matthew, the beginning of, of the book of Acts, they're still doing those things. They don't have further revelation yet. Even, even after the, uh, the death of Christ, they don't, they don't have revelation yet about those things being done away. All right, and and Christ here is telling them to go out and to to teach all the things that He has commanded them. And you see, this is where when people try and and follow this commission, what they wind up doing, and and when they try and try and take everything that Christ taught in His earthly ministry and apply it in the dispensation of grace, it falls short because there are things that Christ taught in His earthly ministry that just don't apply. Um, when, when and, and, you know, just 
things about sacrifices are the obvious examples. I mean, Christ gave instruction about how when you were going to bring a, a gift to the altar, which was a sacrifice, uh, if, you know, if you had something against your brother, you were supposed to go and be reconciled with your brother before you came and brought something to the altar. Now, there may be, there may be a general principle you could apply there with regard to, you know, to giving or whatever, but realize when we take up an offering, we're not, we're not bringing a gift to the altar, right? I mean, that's an Old Testament uh, ordinance of following the law, and Christ taught he was born of a woman made under the law, right? Jesus Christ, in his entire earthly ministry, lived under that law and, and, you know, lived with those sacrifices and things and commanded those things. And so what happens is when people claim that we need to follow this, this commission here, they wind up not doing it anyway. They, they wind up taking those kinds of things from Christ's earthly ministry. And, and you know, granted, all Scripture is given for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. There are principles that you can take from all of Scripture and, and uh, apply, but people trying to follow this commission wind up ignoring the actual details of what Christ actually taught because they can see clearly it doesn't, it doesn't fit with things later that are, are revealed in God's Word. Hi, I'm Richard Church, the teacher here on Verse by Verse. I'm glad you've listened to our podcast today, and I would like to let you know that if you have any questions about anything you've heard here, you can contact me by email at richard at richardchurch.com or by telephone, 608-339-9522. I also encourage you to check out our church website at www.friendshipbiblechurch.com. Thank you for joining us today, and our prayer is that this program would be a blessing to you in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's grace.